The baby was still crying. For a split second, I imagined taking my staticky synthetic airplane pillow and pressing it against his face until the blood-curdling screams stopped and there was, finally, silence. I sighed. Come on, you little poop machine, I muttered, voice edging into desperation. I made yet another silly face and wiggled my fingers at him. I tried bouncing him on my knee, not that it made a difference. He kept crying, his face an angry red verging on purple. I peeked furtively at the other passengers. Their dirty looks were hard to ignore. At any moment, the leathery, pack-a-day military guy across the aisle was going to vent his obvious frustration, or the flight attendant intervene. Mom breathed deeply next to me, her soft, doughy body slumped against the wall of the plane. Her black hair was swept into a low bun, clearly exposing a neon-orange earplug. Mom? I whispered nudging her more gently than she deserved. She didn't move. Mom. I hoisted the kid into her lap, and her arms automatically reached out to cuddle him close. Her eyes opened a slit. When she saw me looking, she raised an eyebrow in question and removed the earplug, and winced as the baby's wails redoubled. Please take vermin, I begged. I'm pretty sure the guys in row 14 are trying to figure out how they can kill us and make it look like an accident. Mom glared. Emma, don't be silly. And don't call him that. Your grandfather would roll in his grave. I opened my mouth to tell her I didn't care what Grandpa Furman did in his grave, but her look when she turned to gaze at her little mutant son stopped me. No scowl for him even though he was still huffing and sputtering in distress. She tickled his belly, just like I'd done not two minutes ago, and elicited a mostly toothless and, more importantly, silent smile. Her expression melted into a look of love so obvious, I thought for a moment I might be sick. When I slumped back in my seat, my elbow cracked painfully against the armrest. With a happy gurgle, Furman reached out and grabbed a chunk of my hair. I gave him a grimace, the closest thing to a smile I could manage. I tried to keep the revulsion from my face. It's not like he was ugly. He already had a full head of silky dark hair and wide, deceptively innocent eyes. He looked mostly Filipino, like Mom, except for his milky skin. It wasn't his fault that I hated him. But the fact remained that his presence meant my mom was having sex with someone other than my father. His very existence meant that my family would never be the same. I put on a set of headphones to drown out mom's baby talk and flipped through the channels of the video screen mounted in the back of the next seat. The map came up showing our progress. Only three more hours to go. Fabulous. I was already exhausted, itchy and tight with stress. My feet felt swollen and heavy. I could just hear my best friends teasing me for complaining, but whatever. 
They weren't here. Lucky them. Diana and Helen hadn't reacted quite as I expected when I told them about the trip. They just laughed when I threw myself down on my bed in agony. This is the worst, I cried, punching my hands into the pillows in frustration. I'll have to be away all summer. They're even making me miss the last week of school. Oh, Emma, I love you. You're such a drama queen. Diana sprawled on the bed with me and tickled my face with the end of her ponytail, trying to get me to smile. You get to miss a week of school and go to England for the summer. That's got to outweigh having to spend a little more time with your family, right? Come on, it'll be fun. You'll love Oxford. It's one of my favorite places.